Thank you for watching tonight. And as we take a few moments here to let people begin to get on, I have been mowing and uh, trimming, and so I'm going to get a quick drink of Diet Mountain Dew. The drink of champions. And, uh, whew. I have decided that I am going to have to lose some weight, but probably not decided enough to actually do it. So tonight, I, as always, want to thank you for watching, and uh, good evening to those who are on here. And as always, I appreciate you letting us know that you watch. It helps me to um, update my prayer list. Um, to pray for you and uh, uh, just to really uh, keep you in my mind. And uh, I think it's so easy sometimes as life gets busy uh, to just forget uh, people who we don't come into contact with. And uh, tonight I uh, am really excited uh, to be going into Esther chapter 8. And Esther has been a remarkable book. Because we see a woman who has come from nothing uh, be made queen over the most powerful empire in the world. We have seen how God used the Jewish people, his people, uh, Mordecai, to save the king's life and to have favor in a distant land. And we see how Esther is used by God, as Mordecai said, as a time for this to save the Jewish people. And last night we saw how Haman, who hated Mordecai, who hated the Jewish people, who had built the gallows to hang Mordecai, um, was hung on those gallows. And I think it's important to remember this, that as we look at Haman, None of us wants to put themselves in that position, that we would hate somebody, that we would try to destroy somebody, that we would be the problem. And I've pastored now a decade at the same place, and I've seen people come, I've seen people go, I, I've seen people come and people stay. I've seen God do great things, and I've seen, seen myself do dumb things, and um but I want to encourage you tonight that Haman's fate doesn't have to be yours. Even if you fall into sin, even you make a mess of relationships, you don't have to follow that path to destruction. When Haman's wife and friends told him that he would not prevail against Mordecai at the very end, he could have changed his thinking. He could have maybe repented and asked for forgiveness, but he didn't. He went right into that party, right into that palace, holding on to his pride, and it cost him his life. And so, friends, all of us stumble, all of us sin, all of us fall short, all of us try to, um, to look good in public. 
But friends, it does no good to be thought of highly by everything and fall under the judgment of God. Uh, and in your life and in mine, I have to worry about one thing, my relationship with God. I can't worry about what people are going around saying in town about me, and it happens a lot. I can't worry about how many times I have failed or stumbled. I have to remember that God forgives me and loves me. I have to remember that no matter what the odds are against me, that if God is for me, who can be against me? And so as we come to chapter 8 of Esther, you would think, well, God has used her and saved Mordecai, and that's the highlight of the story. But God had an even bigger plans than just saving Mordecai. And many times you and I think, hey, I've won this battle in my walk with God. God has given me this victory. I've finally arrived. But yet God has bigger victories in store for your future, and you need to not quit. You say, well, Jake, I've read through the Bible 17 times. I know what enough. Read it again. Well, I come to church Sunday morning. Why do I need to come Sunday night, right? I come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Why do I need to pray at prayer meetings? I, you know, don't quit because God is delivering you through victories. But I also believe that he has big, bigger victories in store for his children. Now, that doesn't mean there are no defeats, there are no discouragements, but yet God has a bigger plan. And listen to what that bigger plan is for Esther. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. So the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. Now Esther spoke again to the king, fell down at his feet, and implored him with tears to counteract the evil of Haman the Agagite and the scheme which he had devised against the Jews. And the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther, so Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it pleases the king, and if I have favor in the sight and the thing seems right to the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes. Let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Agath, which he wrote to annihilate the Jews who were all in the king's provinces. And so I want to show you this, that even though Esther had seen God do a great victory, she stayed humble. She fell at the feet of the king, begging for mercy, not just for herself, but for her people. And friends, the great danger that we have is when God moves in our life or when we think that nothing can change or nothing can affect us. It's in those moments of pride that we become very dangerous to ourselves. And listen to what she says in verse 6. How can I endure to see the evil that will come to my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my countrymen? She says, I am interceding on behalf of others. And friends, that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus died in my place and in yours. When we pray for one another, we are praying intercessory prayer for someone else. I uh, have a lot of shortcomings. 
I have a lot of shortcomings as a pastor. I have a lot of shortcomings as a husband. I have a lot of shortcomings in my life. But I've always tried to be someone who prays um, for my wife, for my children, and I pray for the congregation that I pastor. I might not be the greatest preacher. I might not have the greatest pastoral gifts, uh, but something I can do for them and you is to pray for you each day. And it's something that over my life, as things go good, there's always that temptation to say, well, I don't need to pray for them today. Uh, uh, I'm busy. Uh, how, how can I be expected to pray for hundreds and hundreds of families? And, and sometimes I, I can be in that mindset. And then I have to be reminded that it's my job to love and intercede on behalf of the people that God has given me the privilege to shepherd. And so tonight as a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or a friend, you should be interceding for other people in prayer. You should be standing up for the hopeless and the, excuse me, voiceless, because you don't know the influence that you have that God might be using to rescue someone else. And so think about that tonight, because listen to how it turns out in verse 7. Then King Ahersus said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, Indeed, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he tried to lay his hand on the Jews. You yourself write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring for whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. You see, they go from being persecuted to given free reign to be blessed. And friends, you need to remember that in your walk with God. God is not here just to get you by, by the skin of your teeth, by the bootstraps that you pull yourself up on. No, God is intent is to win the victory and win it decisively. I have seen it happen years and years in my life and in my ministry. When someone comes against the work of God or the person of God, God does not abandon his people. It might seem that for a season, Satan and his minions are winning. The people that are being manipulated by him or their sin are winning. But God always shows up and shows out. Not for my glory, not for your glory, but for his glory. And so tonight, whatever storm you're in, whatever burden you're carrying, whatever whatever disaster has seemed to surround you, remember that God doesn't just get you through it. God will use it for great and mighty things. Now the problem is, sometimes my definition of great and mighty and God's is different. The world's definition is wealth and fame and fortune, but God's is reaching that lost man, woman, or boy, girl for Jesus. That person who struggled with the reward of heaven and eternal rest. So tonight, remember that. Let God carry you through the burden, but also trust him in the blessing. And so as always, thank you for watching. 
And I pray that the Lord would bless you in a mighty, mighty way. And so if the Lord is willing and the rapture doesn't happen, I look forward to being with you tomorrow night.